Hi, and welcome to Quid Pros Quo. I'm Zach. And I'm Rin. And today we are continuing our world building series by talking about technology. So when you are creating a fantasy world and when you're creating a fantasy culture, you're going to need to decide on a technology level for that society. So, Rin, what are some ways that we can figure out what technology, what is going on with technology inside of our world building? I think that looking at different historical epochs is a great way to, like, decide, like, kind of the vibe of your story. So if you choose, like, the Bronze Age, that's going to be very different technology from, like, a sci-fi set past the information age. Yeah, yeah. And we will have an episode coming out on all these different historical epochs, and, like, we're going to call it the Achievements episode, so keep an eye out for that in a couple weeks. Um, But they're also specific to different civilizations. So Bronze Age is something different in China versus Bronze Age Egypt. Yeah. So because societies that are geographically isolated go through and have different resources because of that geographical isolation are going to undergo progress at different rates. Yeah, and the technologies that they're going to develop are going to be different. So keep that in mind if you're lifting from from uh, from a historical technological epoch. Um, if you're writing sci-fi, it's time to get speculative. Speculative, and one of the like one of the keys of speculative science fiction is this um, quote by Arthur C. Clarke, where he said, "Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic." The reverse also works. Any sufficiently understood magic is indistinguishable from technology. So think about it like this: If you were thrown into a wormhole, right, and you popped out inside of the Roman Empire, circa like thirty. Um, common era with your smartphone how would Romans understand your device like it's a polished black rock that can tell time it can create light it can add numbers and it can add numbers faster and quicker than anything that they've ever seen before it can represent numbers that you can't even write down right it can represent pi it can represent e if you you know Euler's number if you care about that um and it can create highly detailed paintings in an instant, right? You don't need to sit for a painting. You can just say, okay, smile, boop, right? And then you have what they would consider a painting because they don't have any conception of a photograph. You know, it seems to be, it would seem to be magical to them because it's so far removed from their learned everyday experience. The other thing is that you should also consider how you interact with technology inside of your life, right? The vast, vast majority of people don't understand how the technology they use works. And I will go so far as to say nobody on this planet understands how every single piece of technology that they use works, right? And you don't need to. But if you were, like, if we were to sit down together and I were to ask you to explain how a message that you typed out on your phone gets to, you know, gets to your friend in El Salvador in seconds you'd probably end up realizing, huh, that's pretty magical, right? Yeah. Um, You just know that if you do this action with this device, then this effect will happen, which is effectively, that's, many times that's how people would think about magic inside of pre-industrial cultures. If you do this, then this will happen, right? And they don't need to understand all of the steps in between. Absolutely. One thing I think about a lot is... You know, you get an example of going back in time to the Roman Empire, but if we went forward in time, too, mm-hmm. to, like, I don't know, the year 
Um, my professor, for some reason, decided it was a good time to talk about science fiction. And he said, you get one lie and one miracle. Um, and that was exactly what he was talking about, is that, okay, your lie is that faster than light travel is possible, you know, whatever. Um, your one miracle is some kind of, like, some fluke sort of thing. So when I think about the um, Illuminae files in the second book, Gemini, um, you have, this is a spoiler, so, I, I mean, it's an old book, but just FYI, it's a spoiler. Um, you have one of the viewpoint characters who dies, but then you also have this kind of parallel universe time travel timey-wimey thing that brings back that character so that they can show up inside of the third book. That's your miracle, right? Yeah. So, there you go. The the um, lie is, you know, time travel, timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly stuff. But the miracle is, oh, we get to bring back this character. Yeah, Because absolutely. it's YA. Anyway. Resurrection tropes are something I can do like a whole episode on. I think we, we should. should. We misdirection should trope, yeah. I said resurrection. Oh, the resurrection trope. We can also do misdirection <laughs> trope. Either one, that works. It's a shell game. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> um, yeah. So in this episode, we've talked about like deciding technology levels. We've decided about like we talked about like how any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic and the reverse. We talked about our questions for a hard magic system again. And we talked about flux capacitors, gimmies, lies, and miracles. Zach, do you have anything else to add? Go forth and play with technology in your stories. If you try to do it in real life, you might blow yourself up. Don't do that. Definitely don't. We are not endorsing that. Okay, this has been Quid Pros Quo. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Quid Pros Quo is hosted by DC Winters and CK Jensen. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a rating. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at quidprosquo at gmail.com. For more episodes, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts.